0: Good morning and welcome to the Daily Oz. It's Thursday, the 15th of April. My name is Sam Kozlowski, and helping me make sense of today's news is Zara Seidler. Making news today a meeting with Brittany Higgins,
1: troops pulled from Afghanistan,
0: some good news about Colorado,
1: and a breakdown of what National Cabinet actually is. Here's today's Daily Digest
0: PM Scott Morrison has confirmed he will formally meet Brittany Higgins to discuss, quote, a range of issues. The announcement of the meeting comes almost two months after Higgins came forward alleging she was raped by a fellow ministerial adviser in Parliament House. On Monday, Higgins announced a major book deal that is set to tell her account of her alleged rape in the office of Minister Linda Reynolds.
1: President Joe Biden has announced the U.S. will remove all remaining troops from Afghanistan on September 11th. And yes, you heard that date right. The initial deadline agreed to by the Taliban and the Trump administration was May 1st, after the U.S. committed to removing troops in exchange for peace talks with the Afghan government and a halt on Taliban attacks. Biden recently hinted that the orderly removal of troops by the May 1 deadline was proving difficult.
0: Queensland is set to lift COVID-19 restrictions six hours earlier than expected after the state recorded almost two weeks of zero community transmitted cases. Ease restrictions from 6am this morning include masks no longer being required to be carried around, visitor restrictions on hospitals and aged care facilities being lifted, patrons are allowed to stand at restaurants and bars, vertical consumption, and dancing at clubs and weddings is also permitted.
1: Finally, to the good news, the US state of Colorado is on track to grant a free mental health screening and up to three free tongue twister therapy sessions for all children to assist with the effects of the pandemic. The proposed bill was introduced by both a Republican and a Democrat, and it allocates $9 million to reimburse the sessions. If passed, the program would run until June 2022. So Sam got to speak about sport on yesterday's podcast, and naturally that means that today I get to talk about politics. So I thought that given the fact that there is news about National Cabinet again in the papers today, it might be a good time to explain what National Cabinet actually is and what its function is in Australian politics. So to start at the very basics, National Cabinet is a decision-making forum, and it's composed of the Prime Minister and all of the leaders of the states and territories around Australia. So here at the Daily Oz, we are interested in exposing our audiences to the main political players and ideas. So I want to just quickly rattle off everyone who attends those meetings. So we have the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. We've got Dan Andrews from Victoria. We've got Gladys Berejiklian from New South Wales, Anastasia Palaszczuk from Queensland, Andrew Barr from the ACT, Mark McGowan from WA, Peter Goodwin from Tasmania, Michael Gunner from the Northern Territory, and Stephen Marshall from South Australia. Bang. Thank you. But what you'll notice there is that there isn't any of the opposition leaders. So we don't have Anthony Albanese representing the Labor Party at a federal level, and we don't have the Liberal Party, say, from Victoria, the opposition. And at the beginning that was deemed controversial. When National Cabinet was first set up in March of last year, there were some people who thought that the opposition leader, especially the federal opposition leader, should have a seat at the table during this global crisis – That never eventuated and the original composition of the National Cabinet still stands.
0: So pre-COVID times, was there a National Cabinet?
1: There was something like a National Cabinet. It was called COAG, but it certainly didn't meet as regularly as the National Cabinet does meet now. And it didn't garner as much media attention as a National Cabinet meeting would now because we're all hanging on for what is said for our country.
0: And is there plans to keep this National Cabinet model going after COVID totally ends?
1: Yeah, 100%. So last year the Prime Minister announced that this system would be moving forward permanently. So COAG is now done and National Cabinet is the structure that we go on with forever. And it's not always COVID-related. So at one of the last meetings, the participants at the National Cabinet actually spoke about the Respect at Work report, which we've spoken about in another podcast because there were some recommendations that related to the states and territories as well as the federal government. So there was a role for all of them to play and they accepted those recommendations at the National Cabinet meeting.
0: I saw a headline in the news yesterday that the National Cabinet are loving each other's companies so much that they're doubling their number of meetings. Can you tell me a little bit more about why they've upped the frequency?
1: Well, it's actually not doubling the meetings because they were only meeting at the beginning of the year once a month, and now it's going to be twice a week. And the reason for that is because Scott Morrison wanted to convene the National Cabinet more regularly to address Australia's vaccine rollout issues. And with the issues around AstraZeneca now delaying a lot of the rollout, especially for young people in this country, Scott Morrison's called on his state and territory counterparts to try revise and devise a new plan.
0: Is anybody in opposition to an idea of a national cabinet? Is there any downside?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think that especially last year, it was really nice to see our federation working as intended. We had state premiers really standing up for their states. We had chief ministers standing up for their territories. And it meant that there was a coordination between the states and the federal government that we really just haven't seen in the past with COAG because it was so infrequent. So I think that this air of collaboration was really welcome at the time. And I don't see why that would cause any issues moving forward. That said, however, when Scott Morrison announced that National Cabinet would be meeting twice a week for the specific reason to discuss the vaccine rollout, some critics did think that he was shifting blame to the states for something that is inherently a federal responsibility.
0: Over the course of any given day in the news, we'll see a statement from Gladys Berejiklian, we'll see a statement from Anastasia Palaszczuk, and we'll see a statement from Scott Morrison. And it's nice to know that our leaders have a forum now to actually have these conversations face-to-face. That's all we have time for today. But in the meantime, follow the day's news on Instagram at The Daily Oz. It's where over 100,000 Australians get their news throughout the day. And we would love you to become part of the community.